Hello, welcome to the Better Outcomes Show, where we explore the possibilities of a new healthcare. Each episode, we bring you a conversation with leaders across the healthcare industry, exploring topics ranging from new treatment techniques and interventions to novel service delivery methods and business models. And now your host, Rafi Salazar from Rehab U Practice Solutions, a leader in patient engagement and retention strategy. Let's explore the possibilities of a new healthcare. Well, hey there. Welcome to another episode of the Better Outcomes Show. I'm your host, Rafi Salazar from Rehab U Practice Solutions. And this week, we are taking a dive again into the world of healthcare technology. But before I tell you about who our guest is and what we're going to be talking about, I want to do another plug for the book. So Better Outcomes, A Guide to Humanizing Healthcare was published a few weeks ago by Business Expert Press. It is now available at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, all the places you buy books online these days. The book covers eight fundamental changes that organizations and clinicians need to commit to in order to return the focus of healthcare to where it should be, and that's people. The book covers topics related to truly patient-centered care. We cover biopsychosocial approach to service delivery. I give you some examples of ways to set up the process of care to incorporate biopsychosocial or the biopsychosocial model in the way your organization does business, does patient intake, for example, and things like that. We discuss patient or client engagement, interpersonal communication, and really it's all about developing long-term relationships with patients. So we cover a wide breadth of information in this book, a lot of topics. I try to keep it practical enough. Each chapter either has a case study or a framework that I've used with clients or in the in the clinic that I run. Um, so it's something that you can hopefully read and then implement in your clinic, in your practice, right then and there. Through an explanation of both clinical research and real life examples and cases, the book, at least my goal, is for the book to outline and support a vision of this new healthcare where skilled, competent, and caring clinicians care for engaged patients to promote better clinical outcomes, deliver unmatched satisfaction, and long-lasting relationships with their patients and clients. So if that sounds like something you are interested in and you want to read about, head over to Amazon and search for Better Outcomes, A Guide for Humanizing Healthcare, and it'll pop up right there. So that is all I've got to say about that. This week, we are talking with Kyle Kaiser from Arrive Health. Now, Kyle has been in and out of the healthcare technology space for a long time. He started in the corporate wellness space, and now he's working at Arrive Health, which basically, we'll talk about it in more detail in the show, but basically what it does is it provides real-time cost information to physicians and referring providers and that sort of thing. So for example, if you go to pharmacy A for a drug, you could spend 50 bucks out of pocket based off your insurance plan. But if you go to pharmacy B, maybe they have a contract with your insurance provider and you pay half that. So Arrive Health provides a dashboard to clinicians, which gives them real-time cost uh, and information. So when they're making recommendations, maybe it might even be between two similar drugs, you know, the name brand or the generic or two different type of, I'm thinking about this now because our son is on histamine, antihistamines because of some allergy stuff, different his, antihistamine drugs that might be the exact same active ingredient or very similar active ingredients. They're in the same class of drugs, operate very similarly, same outcome. 
but one is twice as expensive as the other one. Well, this Arrive Health gives the information to that to the to the provider making the recommendation for whatever drug or whatever tool it is, and that way we're delivering real patient-centered and individualized care, not only based off of what is clinically appropriate, but also what's going to be more cost-effective for the patient. So I love this idea because a lot of times when healthcare companies or healthcare technology companies talk about reducing spend and cutting costs in healthcare, a lot of times that involves for better or for worse, in my opinion, it's it's for worse. It involves cutting services, right? So we're going to put some, we're going to reduce our spend on physical therapy, for example. So now there's a hard cap of X number of visits per year. Um, instead of looking at the situation or looking at this individual's plan and the the what's going on with them clinically and searching for a cheaper option, right? Like something as simple as going to a different pharmacy and giving the patient, you know, a 50% discount on drugs seems like a no-brainer. And with technology, it seems like it should be something we should totally be able to do. And with Arrive Health, you can. So I'm very excited to bring this conversation to you. Uh, we're going to talk a lot about costs of healthcare and, and using data and technology to improve the patient experience, but also reducing the cost without reducing the services being delivered, which I think is a big key here. So without further ado, here's Kyle Kaiser talking about uh, data-driven healthcare and data-driven cost information through Arrive Health. Well, hey, Kyle, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to talk with you about data-driven insights and healthcare and how it all works together. But before we dive in, tell us a little bit about yourself, who you are, and what got you to doing what you're doing now at Arrive Health. Sure. Yeah. So um, background's been primarily in, you know, digital health, uh, focused mostly on health plans. Um, I came out of the health plan world. So, you know, grew up in the employee benefits business and um, came out, worked for some payers, sort of got a feel for what the industry was like and, and found that what I was really interested in is trying to control spend and uh, make an impact um, on the actual spend rather than just being at the mercy of whatever happens on, and trying to manage risk from a cost perspective after all those things that happen. Uh, that sent me down a corporate wellness path initially. So um, worked for um, you know folks focused on large self-funded employers who were trying to create a points-based incentive programs and wellness programs to, to make their yeah. populations healthier. Um, and yeah, worked for Principal Wellness, which was a subsidiary of of the financial services company Principal that was focused on employee wellness. Uh, learned a ton from that group. Uh, early employee at a company called Catapult Health. Early employee at WellTalk, and just you know got the bug to go earlier and uh, joined a you know just forming team here at Arx Review at the time. About 120 days ago, we we rebranded from Arx Review to what's now Arrive Health. Uh, so I've uh, been here for eight years and uh, we've been building the business pretty much since the beginning. Awesome. Cool deal. And tell us a little bit about Arrive, the new Arrive Health, kind of what it does, the the problem that it's solving in healthcare. We've kind of alluded to the, the idea of delivering data-driven insights to the point of care, but let's kind of unpack that a little bit. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I think... Uh, Think of it as, as consumer choice, really, is what we're trying to deliver to the point of care. It's that 
healthcare is largely absent of consumer choice, and mostly because there's multiple stakeholders making that decision at any given moment, right? It's some combination of provider, care team, and patient required in each case to drive a real decision in healthcare. And uh, so what we're focused on is introducing price that is specific, timely, and accurate into each of those decision-making workflows. So the largest body of our work has been introducing price into prescribing workflows. So through what's called real-time benefit. So we're uh, where a provider was once just choosing a medication based on what they saw to be clinically relevant, we're connecting in real-time patient-specific, moment-in-time specific, and location-specific pricing and saying, hey, you're thinking about drug A, think about drug B. You're thinking about pharmacy A, think about pharmacy B. Uh, and really, our goal there is to derive the best possible insurance price and then the best possible alternative price. Um, now, we, what we've transitioned to is also including care teams in that. We've, you know, admitting what's always been true, which is providers really important, but care teams also pretty important in that process. And then ultimately patients and, and yeah. trying to make sure that all of those stakeholders are empowered with the right information to drive a different decision. Yeah. So is it, do the patients then get a portal or something like that where they're getting this insight as well? Or is it kind of a, a provider facing interface, if you would, where like the doctor's going in and picking, okay, I think I'm going to prescribe this medication, like you said, and then they get an option for, you know, medication B. We, we integrate directly into the EMR systems that the providers are using. So okay. Epic, Cern, or Athena are all examples of partners of ours. Um, and we we are the feature that provides the price transparency insight in, in those native e-prescribing workflows. So doctors may not even know that they're using our tools. We're just the data network powering some of those tools. Oh, okay. Cool deal. So it doesn't, it's, it's not a, like a plan specific or an insurance specific deal, right? Like any patient comes into this doctor, if they're, if they're using Arrive Health, that doctor is getting real-time information for that specific patient, regardless of whether they're with Blue Cross or Aetna or, or anything like that, right? That's exactly right. So we're, uh, we're working, we're reaching out to that specific patient's insurer um, and the PBM associated with that insurer in most cases and getting a real-time response that includes what they'd pay today at their preferred pharmacy, any formulary exceptions that may be relevant to that choice. So if there's a prior author or quantity limit or step therapy and then alternatives, those alternatives come in a couple of forms. They could be a different drug or they could be a different pharmacy to consider. So yeah. the different drug example is something in better relationship with the formulary and the different pharmacy is the, you know, it could location. be the mail order pharmacy. Yeah. 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 So how do you get all of that? It just sounds like that's a, that's a big rock to lift, right? Like how do you get all of those, those patient specific pieces of information and data sets into the, into it in real time. Like, it just sounds like that's a lot of, a lot of moving pieces in the background for the doctor to be like, Oh, okay. Like option B is, is probably better for this patient. So it's, it's a, it's a series of direct connections with our, with our customers. So um, we work on, you know, think about it in the terms of supply and demand on the supply side of our network. Uh, we work with PBMs, with health plans, with other sources of pricing. You know, GoodRx is an example of a company we work with where, where if there's not insurance in place, we want to be able to show a price. And and we connect directly into those systems and have integrations that can respond with sub-second responses to, to generate uh, a price. Um, so it's really a, you know, it's a connected network. Uh, what's 
challenging about that is many times the EMR systems and the claim systems speak different languages. Uh -huh. So what we've built is the kind of think of it as a translation engine between the systems. And that's a that's sort of an ever evolving translation engine because the disconnects between those two systems are not static. And so it's kind of, you think of it as an intelligence layer on top of those transactions that allows us to understand what the EMR means and what the claim system means and sort of translate truth between the two of them. Yeah, okay. Um, I'm a, I'm guessing something like this, y'all have AI in any way working with this, or is this one of those things that's like, um, just pulling data from like a, like a big warehouse. I'm not a tech guy. So you talk about data and all this, I'm like, okay, like I can kind of understand that in concept, but <laughs> clinically. Yeah. Um, it, it's, I mean, it's really just about getting the right information from the right, at the right time, or putting it in front of the right person that's making the right decision. Right. It's, uh, it's not, a. Uh, you know, I, I don't think that we need to put hyper techie terms into it. Honestly, yeah, yeah. this is like the way it should have always been, right? Like the, this is the only purchasing decision on earth where someone else makes it for you and you have no idea what it costs until you show up and see the results of that at the pharmacy counter. Right. So it's, it's bringing that information into that decision-making process yeah. in a way that, you know, we contended always should have been. Yeah. I assume that there's been, there's been a big push in this because there's probably, I guess, beginning of 2022 is when they started that whole no surprises act and all of that. Right. So I'm sure that the government mandates, policies, regulatory things are impacting what you do and how you do it. Or was it even the impetus for, for y'all moving into this space was the fact that there was like just politically or geopolitically, there's just this, this drive to, tr to, to get transparency, both tr price transparency and then obviously like outcome transparency to, to patients. Right. The, um, uh, we were working on these problems long before those things happened. Uh, we do appreciate the tailwinds for sure. Yeah. Uh, the 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 more specific one to us is is CMS now requires a real time benefit tool be provided by Part D plan. Um, so that that really drove some great adoption for us and some urgency in the conversations that we were largely already having. I do think uh, as we've looked to expand beyond pharmacy, there is definitely uh, opportunity now for us beyond pharmacy. Uh, and that, I think, is a result of, no surprises, the price transparency rules for both providers and health plans. Those are, you know, if nothing else, creating a conversation around how this is just something that is required to deliver great care now, right? With patients yeah. bearing so much of the responsibility of, of first dollar of healthcare spend that we've got to be able to say, can you access it? Can you afford it as a part of a good clinical decision? Um, and that's that's different than it was, you know, two decades ago, where you know deductibles were low, formulaires were simple, out-of-pocket cost was not highly variable. That's just not the way of the world anymore. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, how does um, I'm sure? Well, not, I'm not sure, but perhaps you're you're gathering data on on the pro, the providers themselves who are using the uh, using the tool or have access to Arrive Health. Are y'all noticing any kind of change in um let's call it provider behavior or something like that where maybe there's even a shift from one medication to another based solely on either price or accessibility or something like that in a region as opposed to everyone going with medication a because that's the the name brand that everybody knows are y'all are y'all able to track that data and see that data and kind of just watch it kind of evolve especially like in geographical regions it would be pretty interesting to see okay like in georgia for example this medication is less expensive so more people are gravitating towards it 
um, broadly, we do have those sort of de-identified insights. Uh, I think actually one of the more interesting ones, and, and we're just pulling this data together, so I'll even hesitate to give you a specific percentage yeah. yet. But, um, you know, yeah, probably close to 20% of the time, um, we're seeing that there's a $0 option that's not selected. Uh -huh. so, so think about that, is that, you know, we may be, uh, you know, inhaled steroids are a good example of this is that they come in a half a dozen different forms, different types of inhalers or disc or whatever it may be. Uh, one of those has been contracted in a really specific way by your health plan more than likely. And that may result in a $0 out-of-pocket cost for the patient. All the rest of them, maybe 250 or 300 bucks a piece. And there's absolutely no way for the provider to know that when they made that selection for you, right? And so we're finding that you know 20% of the time there's there's opportunity there uh, again, the, we'll release some information soon with the specific percentage, but we're yeah. finding that it's a it's a very significant percentage of the time where there are zero dollar options out there already in place for your health plan, and we just need to make pro providers aware of it. It's not that providers don't want to make the right choice; it's an impossible question for them to answer, right? Like because it's different. Your health plan is different than my health plan. It's different than the third person's health plan because they've all made yeah, decisions to manage their and... cost of goods in different ways, right? So it's uh, it's just about connecting the right decision maker to the right information in real time is probably the most important thing that we're doing. Yeah. So pivoting that a little bit. So you, you said you're, you're involved, you integrate right seamlessly into the EMR with Cerner and all this kind of stuff. How does the, how does the, the, I guess the, the business model work on y'all's end? Like I'm assuming you, you're not doing this for free. Like, how, how, what's the monetization and how's it working for y'all in order to one get access to all this data and then integrate with these with these EMRs? We we get paid by the supply side of our network. So as okay. I mentioned, there there are sources of content. Um, so health plans, PBMs would be a source of content, and um, they they pay us to integrate with them and then provide that information into the decision making workflows that are happening. Okay. Um, so that's probably the simplest, simplest way to yeah, think yeah. about it. Yeah, well, it's a win-win for them because they're getting, arguably, you're, you're helping save money for the, for the insurance company, right? Because they're, they, especially if there's like a $0 option out there for the patient, patient's happy, they're paying $0. Insurance is happy because they've got a contract with that, that medication and then everybody wins, right? That's right. That's the goal, right? That's the perfect scenario is that there was a, there's an affordable option out there for patients. We made the doctor aware of it. The patient benefited from that. Uh, we, you know, maybe even in that process guided it to the best pharmacy or avoided a prior off. Like that's the ideal scenario of, of the happy path we should be trying to create every time it's an opportunity. Yeah, yeah. Um, from a like an innovation into this space, I'm assuming this isn't the only y'all aren't the only game in town. Like, are there other players in the space? And if so, like. What what are y'all doing that's different or innovating into this whole data driven, especially when it comes to the the cost transparency piece? Um, from an innovation perspective, we think that the the patients really got to have a seat at the table, yeah. um, and and that we want to make sure we're pulling in every affordability option for patients that we can aggregate, so that we're creating that happy path, uh, no matter who the stakeholders are. Uh, so that's probably the first and most important thing. I think the second is is really around navigation and um in that you know in a, in a lot of cases a lot of cases providers 
are the place that patients want to go for these answers, right? Like the, the trust is with your provider. They, they made the prescribing choice and more often than not, something goes, uh, you know, unexpected in an unexpected way in the patient's journey, they come right back to that provider for the answers. So we really see a lot of opportunity to leverage this price transparency insight as the uh, initiation of effectively a navigation experience that is provider centric. So, um, you know, being able to help drive access through PA avoidance, PA completion, onboarding on complex medications, uh, affordability finding, sort of wayfinding processes associated with affordability. Those are, that's the, the next frontier for us is starting to automate those processes and do so in simple ways, like through SMS and, and chat-based interactions. And uh, that's, you know, creating that seamless experience from prescribing decision until it's in the hands of the patient and, and working alongside provider care team to accomplish that rather than completely circumventing them in the process, which I think is more often than not how it happens today. Yeah. So then you would build out a tool, for example, you know, Dr. Smith prescribes, you know, medication A or whatever, your, your tool would then facilitate in a way the patient, you know, going to the right pharmacy, getting the medication, like, is that what you're talking about with the SMS and kind of driving that? Or are you, are you talking about messaging and, and communicating with the, the providers themselves? Both, both patient both. and provider. I, our goal is to create, you know, real marketplace dynamics to create real consumer choice in this process. That's going to require that we engage with all, you know, all three provider care team and, and patient yeah. in a seamless and, and consistent way. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, I guess I've got a couple more questions and then we'll kind of kind of wrap up here. So you've kind of already mentioned your vision for where you think healthcare is going. Obviously it's changed. We're moving to more transparency. What do you think is like the, the next big innovation? You've kind of alluded to it with this SMS. Do you see anything kind of, um, bigger or broader happening specifically in this space of, uh, of data-driven healthcare? Uh, I, I mean, I think Tefco will be a, an important turning point for everyone as the, the frameworks for data exchange become more consistent and data becomes more liquid as a result of it. Then things like, things like prior auth and specialty enrollment and just the onboarding process and access processes, not just in drug, but across the board, uh, well, then the possibility of automating those things in real ways becomes uh, becomes tangible uh, when those things are more adopted. So I think that's one aspect of it. I do think price transparency is sort of a seismic shift. Uh, but I think the seismic shift is not price transparency. Price transparency is responding to a seismic shift that already occurred, which is how healthcare is paid for. Right. Yeah. It, it is, it's now coming out of the patient's pocket and you can almost there's a little bit of a this metaphor might be a reach, so you know, push back. Uh, but I mean, think about it. Think about college tuition, right? Used to be, federal government paid for a ton of college tuition, and really, you were competing for parents' decisions. And now, it's the student that's taking out the loan in many cases and carrying that bill, and you're competing for students. And so, colleges are having to respond in a different way because the the decision maker changed. Yeah. Um, Healthcare's gone through the same change where it used to be, you know, relatively rich benefits, low out of pocket for the patient. Now it's, you know, $5,000 deductibles and patients are going to have to become much more informed consumers. So, you know, the data liquidity piece with now huge responsibility on the shoulders of patients from a purchasing perspective, 
sort of as we move to defined contribution rather than defined benefit, uh, that's that's got a chance chance to change everything, right? You're going to have to be a much more connected and informed consumer of healthcare, and there's a lot of opportunity to step in as the right steward for that. Yeah, no, I totally agree. We've been talking about that uh, on the podcast for a while. That just that, like you said, people have. 5,000. We had a person in the clinic the other day that has $7,500 deductible. It's like, well, at that point, you're basically paying all of this course of care out of pocket. So you're going to be much more, one, most patients are much more concerned about how they're spending the dollars. And then they are, healthcare is one of those weird places where the the balance of power from an information perspective is totally skewed. Most patients have, unless they've gone to some kind of medical school or something like that, they just don't know. It's not that they're not smart. They just they have no idea between, you know, treatment A versus treatment B or drug A versus drug B. So it's crazy. And, and in, in that scenario, right, the, you know, step one is going to be make sure you're priced competitively. But ultimately, at some point, com- prices will be in line with one another. And then it's going to be around competing for patient experience, right? Like, yeah. that's, that's what marketplaces do is that, you know, we all buy, think, buy everything on Amazon because it's just the simplest way to buy something online. And the some version of that's going to show up in healthcare, right? As if in your scenario is exactly the right one. It's a few thousand dollar procedure. You're competing for the cons- consumer's dollars. Hold price consistent. Then you're competing around experience and outcomes. And, and that's, I think, got the chance to change everything. Yeah. All right. Well, last question from the team here <laughs> is who is Lucy and what does it mean to Lucy up? I'm kind of, kind of interested in this. <laughs> uh, that is a terrific softball. Um, so <laughs> a little bit of our origin story. So we were founded by uh, a guy named Kevin O'Brien in Denver, Colorado. So Kevin was Kevin's a physician, still a practicing physician in the Denver area. Um, so all of this started because Kevin's mom came to him and said, hey, I've got a unbearable out-of-pocket expense for my meds. And, you know, Kevin had the skill set to look at her meds and say, you know, if you take this brand, you break it into its generic parts, that drops your price. If you pill split this one, that drops your price. If you think about this therapeutic equivalent, that drops your price. And so he, uh, um, you know, solved that problem for his mom. Uh, her name's Lucy. And ultimately, that led him to start doing that in his own clinic. So he started to build the spreadsheet of ways to save on medication for his patients. And that was the initial spark that led to this company. Wow. Um, is that we, you know, sort of all came together on that problem uh, and said, you know, this is a, this isn't a spreadsheet, this isn't a book. He was actually going to publish this as a book. Um, this is a piece of technology. This is the way this should work, right? And um, so that's the origin. That's sort of what the, the heritage from which we've come. We have a mantra around the company called, it's Lucy Up, uh, which is, you know, to remind us that, that this is why we're here, why we're here is to solve the problem for people. Yeah. Uh, everybody's got a Lucy. Everybody knows somebody that's had an experience in this system that didn't make any sense or was hard to navigate or was too expensive or was frustrating in some way uh, or worse. Right. And um, so I think we, uh, we, we need to consistently keep that Lucy story in front of us. And we're, we're constantly thinking about the Lucy's in our life as we, we show up every day, shoulder to shoulder. Yeah. That's awesome. I love it. Humanizing healthcare. So um, where can people find out about you, connect with you, learn more about Arrive Health, all of the, all of the places where they can find you? We have, uh, all the normal social stuff. So, you know, I think we're most active on LinkedIn. Uh, we've got a new, beautiful ArriveHealth.com. Uh, 
as I mentioned, we rebranded uh, only a few months ago. So catch us at arrivehealth.com and, um, and all the, the normal social outlets. Awesome. Cool we'll deal. actually, I guess we'll also be at health in a few weeks too, at the health conference. So oh, awesome! That, um, to, if there's any interest in the in-person experience, we've got, we've got a team headed to health. Cool deal. Well, Kyle, thanks so much. Have a good one. Yeah. Appreciate it, Rafi. Thanks for the time. Well, I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Kyle talking about reducing the cost of care using technology to bring real-time information to the fingertips of clinicians. I think one of those things listening back and listening back to edit this and get kind of get this out into production here that really struck me is when Kyle and I were having that conversation about deductibles and information being skewed really on on behalf of or, and against patients or clients in the clinic. One of the things he said really rings true, which is if you control for the cost, you are competing on outcomes and experience. And we are greatly and quickly moving in a world, whether it be because of services being covered at the same rate, whether you're in network or out of network, or just the cost of deductibles going so high that virtually the patients are paying for their care out of pocket for the at least the majority of it before the insurance kicks in anyways. Like we're very much in a situation now in healthcare where the the patients are now acting as consumers, as as consumers that have limited dollars to spend. And one of the dangers I see in this, I mean, it's, it's great because it means hopefully the providers that are giving the best experience and the best outcomes are going to get the most patients through referrals, right? Word of mouth referrals and, and the like. One of the big things that I see as a detriment or a danger is the, the, the risk of commoditization in whatever subspecialty it is, right? Because everybody's paying so much out of pocket, the one thing people will end up doing or clinicians or cl uh, clinics will end up doing is trying to compete on price, right? We're going to cut our price. We're going to do an intro, you know, shoulder assessment for half off or, or whatever it is. And what we're doing when we do that is devaluing the, the, the services and the treatments we provide. So we do very much need to be aware and cost conscious for the patient and for the client, but we don't want to do it in a way that devalues what we're doing. In fact, we did a, a episode um, actually, it was a webinar on this. It was in lead generation. Maybe it was direct to consumer. One of those. I'll link to both of those webinars in the in the show notes. One webinar discussed really just the process of being a healthcare provider, going direct to consumer for marketing purposes, and then the other one was on lead generation specifically. How do we get leads and convert them into patients from whatever ad source we have? And in one of those. Um, one of those webinars, I had I had a small brief discussion, maybe 10 or 15 minutes about how to, how we can do this without devaluing or commoditizing the services that we are ultimately providing to patients, right? So that's all I've got for this week. If you like the show, head on over to iTunes, leave us a rating and review. It helps people to find us. Um, if you want to be notified whenever we release new episodes, head on over to www.betteroutcomes.show. Sign up there in the little form, <laughs> it's fairly obvious. Um, and we'll send you an email with links to the, the show and the show notes and um, connections with our guests and all that kind of stuff. Until the next time, folks, be safe, be healthy. I will talk to you then. Thanks for listening to the Better Outcomes Show. 
where we explore the possibilities of a new healthcare. Our hope is that you walk away from each episode informed, equipped, and empowered to push the boundaries in your own practice or business. We want to give you the tools to help you build strong, long-lasting relationships with your patients and clients, helping meet their goals, improve their health, and achieve better outcomes. Learn more at www.rehabupracticesolutions.com. We'll catch you on the next episode.